Welcome to Understanding Jesus. I'm Evan, and I'm here with Clayton. Welcome, Clayton. Thank you for having me. And Austin, our technician. All right, he doesn't want to talk. Oh, he's not going to say anything. So, welcome, Austin. Hi. 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 <laughs> um, so today we're going to be going through a couple passages in Deuteronomy and Luke, and we're going to be talking about those things, a little bit about the raising of a, a girl from the dead, or a guy, actually. And um, and then also building a house on the rock, and we're going to be talking about a little bit of the um, stuff in Deuteronomy. So some stuff in Deuteronomy and the debate on the God of the Old Testament, and the God of the New Testament. Yep. One's angry, one's merciful. What's going on there? Yeah, and our question and answers time. So um, hold out with us, and uh, we'll be getting that at the very end. Thank you for joining us. Should we still follow the Old Testament law? How should we interpret prophecies? Have you ever had a passage of the Bible you just couldn't understand? If that's you, then I want to personally invite you to our study called How to Study the Bible, beginning April 19th at 6 p.m. In this study, we will study what the Bible is and how we can interpret different genres, styles, and contexts of the biblical authors. This study will give you new tools, tips, and training that will help you in your personal study of Scripture. If you have any questions, please contact the church office. I hope to see you there. All right, welcome to the uh, reading section of our podcast. This part, we're going to have Clayton and I both grow through a couple passages that we read this week in our reading plan that we enjoyed and, and pulled something from. We're going to talk about how to apply that um, in the stuff that we read this week. So you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. So I have a couple. So mine came from, the first one is Deuteronomy 33, um, mainly 33, a little bit of 34. Um, but So Deuteronomy is the last book in the Pentateuch, in the last book of the law. And uh, Moses has delivered the Israelites from Egypt. They've wandered around the desert for 40 years. Um, they're finally about to go into Israel, and he gives them, Deuteronomy is the second time he gives them the law, because the first time they started worshiping the calf, and he broke it. Mm -hmm. So this is the second time he's giving them the law. And then at the end of it, I noticed in 33, he gives a blessing over each individual tribe of Israel. And I thought that was that was interesting, especially what he says. Um, this is Deuteronomy 33 verse 3 indeed he loves the people all your all god's holy ones are in your hand and they assemble at your feet each receives your words moses gave us instruction and a possession for the assembly of jacob uh so why that was interesting to me is the first five books the law of the bible it's not the most riveting reading as i'm sure many people have discovered over the last couple months um and it's typically thought of as a lot of rules and obligations and it is. There's It's commands. It's God telling you, look, this is how I'm telling you you are supposed to live. That's very much what it is. But the blessing that Moses gives at the end really speaks to the purpose and the motive of the law. People think, particularly our age, pe mm. people think that, you know, the Old Testament God is all about wrath and judgment and, and hatred. And, and Jesus is the New Testament God, and he's all about love and grace and mercy. Um, and that's just that's just not true. The God of the Bible is the God of the Bible, and he's about love and grace and mercy and wrath and anger and all of it 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives you the law because he hates sin mm-hmm. and he doesn't want you to sin. And he gives you the law because he's merciful and right. he wants to show you the way that you're supposed to live. So he gives you the law because he loves you. And I think that's a message, again, particularly our generation could really wrestle with is that the idea that you can be autonomous and be your own God and set your own rules and way of life is really building your own prison. I'm writing a paper for school right now on the ethics of human desires. And the biggest desire that has come from the enlightenment era, this modern secular era that we're in is the desire to be autonomous, the Mm -hmm. desire to break away from religion, to break away from society and to I, the individual define who I am, what I want and how I should live. Right. And getting away from those boundaries and really that, that just sets up a whole list of problems. I don't have time to get into. Sure. The point being is that God or anybody who sets up boundaries for somebody does it because they love them. Mm -hmm. You know, a parent builds a fence in the backyard because they love their children and they want them to be protected. Um, But anything within the yard is free and it's safe and it's good. So, you know, anybody who thinks that anybody who thinks that if they've read through this reading plan with us or they've shared it with somebody, anybody who thinks that this is just God trying to oppress you or God trying to steal your joy, it's quite the opposite, actually. He's trying to give you joy. He's trying to give you a better way of mm-hmm. life. Um, and the law is a good thing. The law is, is, is um, it's perfect. Um, now, we're not perfect. We don't live up to it. One of the main purposes of the law ends up being to show us our need for a Savior, right. which brings in Jesus in the New Testament. Um, mm-hmm. But God's law is good, and God gives it to us because he loves us, and he gives us his commands because he loves us. Right. Um, so that's something that stuck out to me. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, actually, that builds straight into what I was going to talk about. Well, go for it. Yeah, but I, I was going to add to that, um, just in real short, we, I mean, we see boundaries every day that, that um, even someone who's not in Christ would probably recognize as a good thing. Yeah. Um, our, um, our legal system, our laws, mm-hmm. our boundaries that are designed to help us. And they're based off, of, a lot of it's based off of our 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 Bible and mm-hmm. like um, it's designed that those things can help us to um, have boundaries that are safe. So we don't want people that are just running rampant, killing everyone because then everybody's like scared and, and right. wondering if they're going to be hurt the next day. Right. And so we, we have these laws set in place for the same purpose and, and this, for the same thing, God puts these boundaries around us for our own, for our own good. So reading into um, Luke six verses uh, 46 and that's um, I'm reading out the ESV. I'm not sure what version you're in. HCSB. HCSB. So, yeah, it'll be a little different. Yeah, so that, that gives everybody kind of an idea of what, what to expect. I can I can maybe convert to the other one for weeks to come. But, That's right. Um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and, and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who builds his house on the ground without a foundation. Uh, when the stream built or the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and r- the ruin of that house was great. So um, I think that really what you said really helps to illustrate this as well: how we we need to build our house, our our foundation of our faith in the trust of the Lord. And um, so when we look at a passage like this, you're you're talking about the law and how the the law is is boundaries, but it's 
it's where we where we should look to see our own sin, but also it shows our sin, but also shows us a way of life that is that is good and great, and um, that God built it so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So um, and obviously we're not under the law in the same ways that the um, the Jewish people were um, at the time of the the old covenant and mm-hmm. in that time, but um, we we do follow many of those things, especially as Christians. Much of what Paul talks about and what we see of what Christ did and, and what he talks about is still based off that same the same God and the same um, kind of regulation. And I, I know that some of that there's an overlap there in mm-hmm. different places. Um, and to avoid that conversation, um, mm-hmm. I I do think that it's really important in this passage to just see that that we have um, one person who looks to the Lord and he reads the Bible and just like we're doing with our reading plan. He reads through and he sees who God is and he follows the Lord. And mm. um, the other one, they still built a house, but the house was was built on sand, so the foundation wasn't there. the 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 Lord, the God, God's Word, Christ, that relationship isn't the foundation of his life. So, so whenever we see the two here, um, the reason I fell is because, um, and and the ruin of that house was great. The reason is because he built a great house. It looked amazing, and I think just like like many of us, we built we built great things around us. Um, we build. Um, a life that looks really, really nice, but then whenever it, when push comes to shove, and um, it's do I follow the Lord or not? It's um, it's very difficult if our foundation is not on the Lord because we aren't actually following the Lord. And yeah. So that, and I, I think in, in this parable um, we see um, the foundation is our faith and um, our our trust in the Lord, our hope in Christ. And um, if those things aren't, if they're if they're seen, they're effectively um, at the best shaky, but usually non-existent. Yeah. So. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And 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 Jesus says, you know, you hear these words of mine. Our our faith is built on the word and what it says. Right. And it's it's so funny how how so many people today have become disinterested in the Bible. Right. Who, people, church members who have become disinterested in the Bible. Um. It, you know, or or they've become so unfamiliar with it that they don't mm-hmm. even know how to how to study it which is why on wednesday night starting next wednesday we're going to have a study on how to study right. the bible shameless plug yeah um Her- hermeneutics study hermeneutics is what the fancy word is yeah so if you but, don't know the word you got to come to the study to find right, out <laughs> right so but it is it's and people go what well, that's an old religious book it's not it's not relevant anymore today and if you think about it the bible has been around for in its complete form, has been around for 2,000 years. Much of it has been around for much longer than that. And it has created a faith community that has stood the test of time, again, for thousands of years. Um, so there's clearly something to that. Mm-hmm. And you can build your life on that and that teaching and what it says, or you can build it on these other things that over and over and over again prove that they can't sustain, not not generations; they can't sustain one person's lifetime. Right. So, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and we have to root ourselves in what the Bible says. So, if you guys aren't in the Bible, and as I'm saying this to myself too, if we aren't in the Bible as a Christian, then our foundation is effectively on the sand, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, if there's no foundation there, we we have to understand who Christ is. We can't mm-hmm. we can't base it off of, of revelation of the Spirit that we come up with on our own. We can't base that off of off of our um, just generic time and meditation. That's going to need to be time rooted in God's word, maybe prayer and counsel um, in mentorship, really important. But um, each of those things build together to help us understand God and his character and, and his word all the better. So mm. with without understanding and reading God's word, we how are we to understand God's character? Yeah. Um, so so when I read the rock, I, I really am relating that back to the rock being God and his word and his character mm-hmm. um, and understanding those things. And 
And um, the law and the, and then the uh, the just explanation that Paul gives us in his letters and Jesus gives us in the Gospels, each each section of those in the New Testament helps us understand the law in the Old Testament. But more importantly, we have to read these things and read them ourselves and, and read them with our own eyes and our own mind. Mm-hmm. But also um, we have to spend time with others going through these things together mm-hmm. so that we can actually understand them as a, as a whole. So. Yes, absolutely. So did you have another passage? I do. I was just going to read this real short and, um, and we don't have to go too deep into it, but we can if we want to. So go for it. Um, Jesus raises the will, a widow's son. It says the next chapter verse or chapter seven, verse 11. So soon afterward, he went out, he went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched um, the beer. Is that right? Beer? I've always read in my head. So, oh well. Um, and the, the what? Uh, then he came up verse and the open coffin is what mine says. Oh, the open coffin. We'll go with that. Yeah. The open coffin. And I got B-I-E-R. So, um, Interesting. And then, um, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Um, fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of, of Judea and all the surrounding country. So all I wanted to go over with this is, and we have a couple different examples of this. We have um, Lazarus when he was raised up. We have this, and we have a couple other just resurrections from the dead. Elijah, one um, in the Old Testament, and then um, I think just one with Elijah. And then um, where he, where the girl. Oh, where he raised somebody. I thought yeah. you said Elijah was raised. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Gotcha. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then. Right. Um, and then, um, and then they said that people came out of their tombs whenever Jesus raised from the dead too. Yes. But we only we only have a few examples of this. And uh, the reason I want to highlight this is that um, whenever and Pastor Troy and I have talked about this in past podcasts a couple times, how whenever we look at Christ, for us to have our heart changed and understand Christ, we have to realize that um, that Jesus raising from the dead, um, that God raising him from the dead, but also Him raising um, from the dead Himself um, after um, fulfilling the the prophecies in the Old Testament, but then raising from the dead. That gospel message is so difficult to believe unless your heart is, it's impossible to believe without the heart chain. Mm-hmm. And so when we see stuff like this, it's another um, example of that he has power over not only the living, but the dead as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was a really cool, um, we're about to get to the end of Luke in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see the death and resurrection of Christ once again. And I just, I want to highlight this before we get to that point. And we just saw Easter, right? And and Easter Sunday, the, the celebration is over Christ and his death, resurrection, and, and um, reconciliation for us to God as adoption as sons. So mm-hmm. whenever I read passages like this, it's just all the more confirming of who Christ was. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these we have these examples and these written testaments of four different accounts of, of Christ here on earth as he did things like this. And whenever we believe that Christ raised himself from the dead, um, how much more is this more believable, but, believable, but it continues to solidify his his rule and reign over um, us and over the dead and over over everything here on earth. So mm-hmm. I just think it's really cool. It's a cool passage. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's I mean that's what Jesus came to do. He came to raise the dead, the spiritually right. dead. And um, my my dad leads a Bible study for 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 guys on Saturday mornings, and they're going through Ephesians right now. And Ephesians chapter two is my favorite chapter in the mm-hmm. New Testament. And it's sick. It's uh, yeah. Well, it says um, and it goes along with what we were talking about. People are are 
unaware of scripture they're disinterested of scripture and really mm-hmm. it's because they don't understand the severity of their of their right. situation the um the bible does not speak kindly about humanity without jesus right um it's in ephesians 2 it says we're dead right. in our trespasses we are dead so now how can a dead person solve their situation right. they cannot until they are brought back to life until they right. are regenerated so yeah. um yeah we are we are helpless to believe this message without um the spirit but this is what is supposed to challenge us as believers to to evangelize and to share this gospel because mm-hmm. Paul even says later in the New Testament how can they believe a message that they haven't heard right. but he also promises that when we share the message of what scripture says that the holy spirit sometimes will honor that and they will help that person to believe but he only does that through the proclamation of his word. Right. Not that he can't do it other ways, but he says, this is how I'm going to work. I'm the, going to work yeah. when you share this message. It's the mode of, of transportation of the gospel message. Mm. And that, that's, and we've talked about that many times on this podcast, but, but I encourage our, our viewers, our listeners, and, and I hope us too, like, like whenever we are going out and we have the gospel message, it's, it's one, we have a, an enemy who is constantly trying to prevent us from sharing it. But more importantly, God uses that as a mode to, tr- to share the gospel. So he places people in our lives for us to share the gospel with, and we have the opportunity to do so. Um, that he gives us this great grace that we're allowed to go share his gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. He could change everyone's heart. I think of John the Baptist, who had the spirit in him before he was even born. Mm-hmm. And like God could do that with every single person. But, um, but remember that he's creating everything that's happening here as a means to glorify himself um, in the end. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole goal of, of uh, our existence here. Um, uh, they say the chief end of man is to, gl- to glorify God, and mm-hmm. so like like our goal as men, even those who don't believe in God, is still their their outcome will still be to glorify God, um, even though we may not see it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Cool. Well, that concludes our reading section of the of the podcast. Um, we're going to transition now to the question and answer. Thank you, guys. Claim Your Destiny, a men's Bible study of Kingdom Man, six Monday nights starting April 17th at 6.30 p.m. at First Baptist Jackson at The Bridge. That's April 17th, 6.30 p.m. at The Bridge here at First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you'd like to register, go to the Kingdom Man at FBCJ link at fbcj.us. That's our website, fbcj.us. Welcome back to Understanding Jesus. We are going to be going into our question and answer time. So we have one question from Facebook. So for all of you guys that are out there watching our live stream, feel free to do that any week that you'd like to. But um, the question is, Austin. The question comes from Corey. He says, what would you say to someone who takes issue with the perceived difference between the wrathful God of the Old Testament and the loving Jesus of the New Testament? It is a great question. Evan, enlighten us. Uh, well. I I th- I would say it's the same God with um, two different time periods and and interactions with us. Get <clears throat> me elaborate right on that. Yeah. Yeah. Any other okay. Thoughts? I'm yeah, gonna let you so, know. Okay. So in the Old Testament we have the 
we'd say four major covenants between God and man, um, Noah, Abraham, uh, Israel, and David. And with the four covenants, we have um, agreements, more or less, that are, that are binding between man and God. And then in the New Testament, we have Jesus who fulfills the covenants for the men's side of things and for God's side of things. So God fulfills man and God's roles within the covenant, offering us new life and life abundantly, as it says. Um, and then uh, in the new covenant, where we are, um, we are um, have the law fulfilled. The law is, is no longer the same interacting with us as it was for the Israelites. Um, that's why when we see Peter talking about the, the Jewish law and and um, and the eating of, of certain foods and things like that, um, no longer having to follow the covenantal law that existed before compared to now. Um, so the, the but the God is the same God. The interactions with with like the I think like Sodom and Gomorrah and, and Jericho as we read this past week um, and a, a few of the other things that that happened there the the like numbers where it talks about core being swallowed up by the um, by the ground and, and things like that we have in the rebellion um, we have each of these things that we see as a as a God and we we see him as a different God sometimes even though it is absolutely the same God um, the whole Bible is first or Second Timothy three sixteen all scripture is breathed out by God and useful for teaching, proof, um, correction, and training for righteousness' sake. So whenever we um, have those, um, we, we have all scripture designed that we can understand God's character better. But it's the same God. It's just it's just two different um, interactions between us and Him. Mm. So, and do you disagree with that? No, um, no, no, it is definitely the same God. Um, I would say. Um, the dichotomy of the Old Testament God being angry and the New Testament God being graceful, I, I tried to get at it in the discussion phase, but I'll just say it out right now. I think it's a false dichotomy. I don't think it's true. I think mm-hmm. the the Old Testament God is both angry and merciful. He even says that at Sinai when he's mm-hmm. giving the law. He says, I am the Lord your God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. Right. Um, so he is a loving God. I mean, th- again... He just brought these people out of 400 mm-hmm. years of slavery. I think right. he's very merciful for that. Right. Um, he he had Adam and Eve blatantly rebel against his one command in the mm-hmm. in the garden, and he closed them mm-hmm. and sends them out. Um, you see you see the mercy of God over and over and over again. Um, you know, sparing Lot's family, getting mm-hmm. them out of Sodom. Right. Um, so. But then, if we go to the New Testament, we see a God who ju- who judges people. Nobody talked about hell more than Jesus. Mm. Um, Ananias and Sapphira. We see Ananias, and, yeah, Sapphira, who kept a little extra dollars for themselves and then lied about it and fell dead. Uh, the Book of Revelation is not pretty for people who aren't Christians. Right. Um, so, and the outcome of hell is is the outcome of anyone who does not believe. It is, and it's an it's an eternal thing. So, really, you see you see the wrath of God in the Old Testament, and you see the mercy of God, but you see both of those qualities amplified in the New mm-hmm. Testament. You see His wrath go up, and you see His mercy go up, because the wrath is now geared at an eternal punishment in hell for those who will not believe Christ's yeah. message, but the mercy is also eternal life for those who believe right. Christ's message. So. The two qualities are present all throughout Scripture. They just get amplified as the story mm-hmm. goes uh, goes further. That's what I would say. Yeah. One other thing I want to add is that whenever we look at the, let me talk a little slower, that dichotomy between um, what someone would say is the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, 
we have to remember that our culture plays into that as well, mm-hmm. where we have um, both our church culture and our regular culture that, um, outside of the church. And we have these two, or we see God as um, different, because when we read the Old Testament, which, by the way, is over thousands of years, um, we read the Old Testament, we see these things happening, and we see God um, doing things, being wrathful in different ways. And then nowadays, we like to pull God out of our culture and just have him at church. And um, so whenever we look around and see things happening around us, we don't see things as miracles. We don't see things as as, um, as God moving. We don't see even someone coming to know Christ doesn't feel that odd. So whenever whenever God changes the heart of someone around us and they are saved, mm-hmm. it's it's glorious and amazing. Uh, you know, the Bible says that the angels rejoice. But yet we don't see the, those things as special or God moving. So then um, we're so disjointed from from what the Bible even has. So whenever we, or talks about and, and tells us and promises us. Mm. So, so whenever we see the old Testament God compared to the new Testament God, while it may be written about slightly differently, um, mm-hmm. uh, we still have the same God doing the same things everything everywhere. And even yeah. now we have that too. Our culture, I think just deeply plays into that um, and how we view God. It does. It does. And, and that's like I was saying earlier, people want to be their own gods. They want right. to be autonomous. They want to live their own lives. And, um, I think, too, the question might be coming from, um, I don't know how in the weeds we want to get here, um, see if we'll make Troy nervous if he's watching. Yeah. It'll come from, I don't know if they've read it yet, because I haven't I, I'm, I haven't followed the reading plan like I'm sure other people have, but um, in Joshua, you're going to see the Israelites be commanded by God to go in and kill everybody. Mm. Go in and wipe. That was actually, yeah, today. Was that today? Okay. Yeah. So go in and I couldn't remember how far into Joshua we got. And so yep, go in and, and wipe out. He said, leave nobody alive. Right. And that's hard to swallow from a God who claims to be loving and merciful. Right. But I think a very broad answer to that is, again, it's the same motivation there as as how why he gave us this law, which seems very restrictive and oppressive. It's because he loves his people. Loves his children. And he knew he knew if he left any of them alive, which they did, and this happened, they would get led astray to worship false gods, right. which is the worst thing that could happen to them. And he would rather have those people who were going to lead his children astray, he would rather have them killed than have his children get led away from him. Yeah. And he does that because he loves them, not because he's, an, not because he's egotistical, because he knows what is best for them is to be with mm. him. God has... Here's the beauty. God has designed the world in such a way to where everything is supposed to center around him and bring glory to him. But here's the cool thing. By doing that, he's also designed humanity in a way that the healthiest and the most fulfilling way a human being will function is when God is at the center of their life. Right. So he has designed it to be mutually beneficial. God receives the glory he is owed. And mankind gets to experience the life they were created to have right. when God is at the focus and we are not. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not because God is egotistical. It's not because God is oppressive or angry or prejudiced. It's that he loves his people. He wants what is best for them, and he will stop at no lengths to make sure that happens. Well, he's righteous. I mean, if we believe that God is perfectly righteous in everything he does, that righteous means that he's right in the things that he does, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's our creator. So we don't even exist without God. And so, so God being righteous in everything he does, who are we to choose those things in the first place? But also in him choosing those things, he's perfectly right in the, in everything he does. Mm-hmm. So, and then the, the other thing is, um, within, lost my train of thought. 
nowhere. It's not coming back. Nope, it's gone. Oh, I'm sure that was going to be great. It was going to be great. So, oh, well. Not to be the most important thing you've ever it said was, in your the life. Be, the best part of the whole podcast, and now we're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best part of the podcast, past and future. That's right. Of yeah. all time, it was that was going to be our nugget. Well, if you want to move on, we do yeah. actually have another question that came in oh, while you guys sweet. were talking. Look at that. Troy leaves and people are messaging galore. Well, it's another question from Corey. Okay. Uh, It says, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, could you explain the family of the unsandaled? While he's looking this up, uh, if you're listening on through any of the other medias, such as like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anything like that, just... uh, just FYI, if you didn't know, we actually do live stream the recordings of these on Facebook uh, on on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. So if you ever have any questions, feel free to drop by and throw them in the chat, or you can uh, you can email us um, if you go to our website fbcj.us or .tv. Which one is it? I forget what. .us. That's right. fbcj.us. Um, and then you can either email the office or Pastor Troy and just just ask your question and we'll get to it on the next podcast. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> okay, so this is the section about preserving a family line. So the law is if if there are two brothers and one of the brothers dies, the the other brother can take brother one dies. Brother number two can take brother number one's wife, his sister-in-law, and make her his wife. Oh, like Ruth and Boaz, similar. Similar, yes. Yeah. He, he can he can make he can make her his wife. Um, and the first son she bears will carry on the name of the dead brother. Um, so there is something there about family lineage, but there's also something here about caring for a widow and caring for. Um, a family who's been left without a provider and a leader. Um, regarding the sandals, um, let's see here. The elders of his city will s- summon him. This is if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to do it. I think. Yeah, my brother-in-law refuses to reserve the name. Um, if he doesn't want to do it, the elders of the city will summon him and speak with him. If he persists and says, "I don't want to marry her," then then his sister-in-law will go up to him in the sight of the elders, remove his sandal from his foot and spit in his face. Then she will declare, this is what is done to a man who will not who will not build up his brother's house, and his family name in Israel will be called the house of the man whose sandal was removed. That, I don't know. I just, that that is strange. I'm sure there's some sort of cultural significance to it. There's some sort of symbolism going on here. Um, but, I apologize. I did not come prepared for that one. That is a strange one. So, Evan, do you have any thoughts on that? No. Nope. No? You don't want to take a gander? No, it'll, it'll be heretical. Oh, you can at least try. If it's heretical, we'll say it. We'll say it is. I think, uh, as verse 10 says, in the name of the um, name of his house shall be called Israel, the house of him who has pulled his sandal off. I have nothing else to add to it. I just reread it. <laughs> I just yeah. read it. I the I I like to not say things I don't know mm-hmm. for for certain, um, because otherwise they go kind of off the rails. Yeah, 
but I, I mean, really, I, I do feel fairly confident in the overarching purpose of the passage is to take care of a take care of a widow and to take care of a family. And the man the man is disgracing his family because he's not stepping up to yeah. to care for him. Um, well, and going, I, I admit in our culture that would that would be a little weird. I can't imagine marrying my one of my sister in laws. I can't. Yeah. I don't that kind of. Well, weird, I don't. I don't have a sister in law. That weirds but, me out a little bit. But yeah. Um. Well, it'd be um, yeah, it'd be a little odd. But I I think thinking back to like Ruth and Ruth and Boaz, where her husband had died and Naomi's husband had died, mm-hmm. and that was her mother in law, I believe. And um, they both went back to where their family was, and Ruth went to um her um one of her married family members named Boaz, um, who leads us to David and in that lineage. Yeah. But um, when she goes to him. Um, he, they say that he redeems her, that, that without him, there was, um, she was, she was going to struggle for the rest of her life because as a widow, it's very difficult to live in that, in that time. So, um, because he was able to provide for her and then, um, and then he married her and, and, and redeemed her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, I feel a little bad. I think we were able to help Corey with his first question, but his second one was tough, but yeah, I've made a note. I am going to go find that answer. And we'll, we'll talk about next. I week. will bring that up next week. Wait, so right. Corey has to come back and he has to keep listening. So that concludes our question section of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we will be back here every single week on Facebook at, at one on Tuesday, on Tuesday and on Thursdays, the podcast will be uploaded to all of your podcast services, Apple and Google play and Spotify. And it'll also be uploaded to YouTube as a video. So, um, anyone who wants to join, you can join every week. Thank you so much for sticking with us and through the question and answer and the reading section.